most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses Good evening, Mr. Jones Good evening, Mrs. Jones You look fantastic Thank you As most people who listen to the podcast know We've been on this weight loss program Yes And what's funny is it feels like in the last two days I've had more comments about our weight loss than since February. Yeah, I've had a lot of comments as well this, but this past it, week. But it feels like in the last five days, we must have lost a dramatic amount of weight based on people's reactions. Yeah, or maybe uh, we just, I mean, as you said to me on Friday, babe, you're wearing big baggy clothing and you've lost almost 40 pounds. Uh, could you change? <laughs> well, let's not tell the world that that's the way I speak to my wife. I'm well, sure was, I said it slightly more delicately uh, than that. Yes, you did. You, you said it nicer than that. Yeah. But it was a good point. And it was so a good point. I put on my new skinny jeans and voila, all of a sudden people noticed that I've lost some weight. <laughs> voila is a very good way of describing my reaction. And then, of course, I shaved. You did. And so I, I guess I now look baby face you Al. You do. You look like a pup. Very cute. <laughs> my pup. Yeah, your pup. That's right. Mm-hmm. Keep wearing those jeans and I'll be anything you want me to be. <laughs> oh, you, know what, you know what I completely forgot to do last okay, week? Okay, we better go. <laughs> You know what I completely forgot to do last week? Yeah. I forgot to say congrats to Kaziah or Kiz. She was the person that won the $100 from the feedback. So we went through the whole thing about summarizing our feedback and what we'd learned. And we actually forgot to congratulate the winner. (laughs) Sorry about that. So, so sorry. I wanted to do that. And some people won some books and stuff too, didn't they? Yeah. We we didn't just want to do one winner. So there was a bunch of runner-up prizes as well. Yeah. Let's catch up on our week because we've got a lot to talk about. Okay. Give us an update on the Ben book printing palava. <laughs> that that was lovely. Yep. The printing palava. Well, the printing palava has been escalated up the food chain, as it were. Uh, so I'm now waiting to hear back from a supervisor. Very so, good. Yeah. All right. Apologies again to people who are trying to order them. Uh, we're trying to resolve the printing issue as quickly as possible. Yes. Can I talk about going to the dentist? You, you sure can. I, went, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about the dentist. <laughs> well, you will when you want to hear me on nitrous oxide. Oh. So I haven't ever had nitrous oxide. I don't think it's laughing gas. So I get there and they're going to be doing about two and a half hours of dental work. They're going to be drilling in some teeth, removing fillings, um, taking molds, and I'm getting... I think they're called onlays, I guess, or partial crowns. He just said, sir, you've got so many fillings that if we remove them, we'll be surprised if you have any tooth left. So Lovely. I was there for two and a half <laughs> hours and I didn't sleep much the night before because I was working very hard on a bunch of stuff for the more conference. And so I said, guys, I'm super tired. Do you mind if I just fall asleep? And they were like, no, not at all. So they have this little, you know, when you take your car into the mechanic, they have a jack that lifts up the car. Yes. Well, they have an, a, a jack they put in your mouth. Yeah. And then I guess they just turned up the nitrous oxide and I fell asleep while they were <laughs> drilling in my mouth. I could have gotten valuable information out of you oh, if I'd been there. <laughs> but the worst thing that happened is I woke up or maybe not woke up. I kind of came to at some point, but I was as dizzy as it all could be. So I'm trying to communicate to them that I'm dizzy. But of course, I've got this dental jack in my mouth. So right. they eventually take it out. They they filter it down. But for about two and a half hours, I floated my way through nice. um, being drilled to I, pieces. I don't like that stuff. I... I, uh, well, it makes your feet feel heavy. I don't think I breathed it for long enough to know that. I just didn't like that it made you feel dizzy at all. So I think I breathed it for all of about two or three minutes and went, yeah, I'm going to do it without this. He said I was a lightweight. They said, we only started you on what the average human, you know, manages and we had to lower you down to a one. So like toddler level? <laughs> oh, complete toddler level. But I guess I was a lightweight and I just... Oh, you're so cute, you lightweight. I know. Meanwhile, we've been potty training... The last child. 
It is so glorious. Let's chant with me, no more diapers. No, no more, more diapers. diapers. No more. He's oh. been quite good. <laughs> He's been great. He's had like one accident since we started. That's right. And we have, believe it or not, a uh, video produced by Sesame Street called Elmo's Potty Time, which talks about all the delicacies of peeing and pooing, yes. which he loves to say accidents happen, which is the name of one of these songs. Yes. But the one accident that he actually almost broke into song over wasn't an accident because he said, well, I'm still wearing my pull-up and so I'm allowed to poop in a pull-up. So that wasn't an accident. That wasn't intentional pooping. Yes, but the one in his <laughs> Superman underwear, that was an accident. That was gross. Yeah. Do you want to talk about anything else that happened this week? Uh, we bought a house. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we did. Well, we put in a contract on a house. We haven't we technically bought it yet. Yes, it's true. It's we true. just have to sell our house before. Yeah, no big deal. Get approved yeah. for financing. You know, there's move. a bunch of contingencies <laughs> in there. But but yes, we um, decided to move. Which is strange because we love our house. We do love our house. Uh, but we can see how with the kids getting bigger and separating Abby and Tia into separate rooms because of their ages and Abby being therefore able to stay up later and stuff. It was just a... We're going to run out of room real fast because, of course, we use the bonus room or what would have been a playroom as a podcast studio. <laughs> we do. So so pray for us this week. Yeah. If you think about it, we're, we're putting our house on the market on Friday, which means between now and Friday, we've got an awful lot to do. Oh, we have so much to do. Like, you yeah. might want to declutter your house. So we're, uh, we're doing all that this week and uh, we're praying for a bidding war on our house. That's the way we like it. <laughs> Our big news, of course, though, we just finished the More Conference. We did. And what a conference it was. It was so good. And so our main topic this week is, I thought it would be fun to talk through the highlights of each of the sessions that Danny did at the More Conference. Okay. So we had a conference here at Grayson. It's an annual conference happens every year so far for the last five years, yeah. six years, something like that. Yeah. And this year's speaker was Danny Silk from um, Jesus Culture. Well, I guess Bethel Church is where he's most known, but he actually lives in Sacramento now. And Chris McClarney was in leading worship. Both of them just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, it was really, really good. And uh, Danny taught four sessions yes. at the conference, plus two extra sessions on a Sunday morning, which was a, a real thrill. Yeah, it was awesome. So we got six sessions. Basically. We got six sessions. Yeah. Do you remember what he talked about on Friday night? Yes. On Friday night, he spoke on connections. Give us a brief synopsis of the importance of connection when it comes to relationships. Yeah. He was talking about the value of connection over, for example, being right. It, it made me uh, think of Jeff's statement that he makes, would you rather be right or have relationship? I'd rather be both. Right. But it doesn't usually work out like that. No, that's right. So essentially it was um, sort of talking about the kind of stuff that we've also heard from Chip Judd and stuff like that about, you know, marriage. Um, and it wasn't only speaking about marriage, it was talking about all kinds of relationship. Right. But that marriage uh, is really about who can outserve one another. Like, and, and so there was a lot in his discussion about um, valuing, maintaining connection over yeah, needing to be right or needing to have the last word or that kind of thing. Yeah, I love the the points he made about the importance of connection and how if we're not careful in our relationships, not just marriage relationships, we we start off in our relationships prioritizing connection with another person, mm -hmm. finding that spark, that delight in having a relationship. But we don't realize that that took effort. 
And if we're not careful, we can lull ourselves into thinking we have what we had, but we haven't preserved or maintained the connection. Right. And that's when you end up... Falling out of love. Yeah. He told some humorous stories from his years of, of course, counselling. Yeah. Uh, that were really hard hitting. I, yeah, I was, were. I was like, oh, he's a phenomenal teacher. Yes, he's a very gifted communicator, for sure. And he uses slides, so you know we're going to like him. He uses videos, so you know we're going to like him even more. What was funny is we've almost got a podcast episode for every session he taught on. Yep. So we recorded a podcast episode all about connection. If you want to hear more about that in depth, go to alanandaj.com slash 69, and you can listen to that podcast about connection. Saturday morning, he talked all about how to preserve and strengthen that connection using love languages yeah which the danger is you're like oh i've you know i've already heard love languages i don't need to hear this but he gave a description of them that i hadn't heard before okay what was that that really clarified things well what was really helpful and you're going to laugh because you are a very high quality time person Mm -hmm. was he was explaining i think part of the dynamic that i've had is it doesn't feel integrous for me to pretend to be interested in something i'm not And he managed to clear up that misconception. It's not that you care about what they're saying, you're caring about the person who the words are coming out of. Right. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Because when you have kids, you have plenty of opportunity to practice being interested in something that you have no interest in. Yep. Almost everything they talk about. That was his example, wasn't it? And we were like, oh, we can totally relate. They get off the bus and they're talking about the boy, the youth group, or the this or the that. And you're just like... You're still talking and I don't you know who these people are, but you know, the importance of being heard. He had uh, some humorous examples about my, what am I? I'm physical time and quality touch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's right, baby. No. no. I also like the stuff about gifts, which of course is your, either your first or your second. My first is actually acts of service. Are you kidding me? Nope. I know you so well. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't they change? Don't you? No, I... I, uh, it's the same three that are within, like, I think they were like 11, 11 and 10. Right. And so it was, uh, but it's acts of service and then quality time and then gifts. Acts of service, quality time and then gifts. And then I have almost no need whatsoever for affirmation, words of affirmation or touch. (laughs) I've noticed both those things. (laughs) And then there's you whose words of affirmation and touch are your number ones. But I'm, I'm fairly adept at making my needs known. Yes, you are. You may have noticed that. I have experienced that. Hey, I wrote myself a letter. Could you sign it? (laughs) It basically tells me how awesome I am. It tells me I'm amazing. Could you just like kiss it or something? But the the other revelation that I'd heard before, but I'd forgotten, and I think the way he explained it was so good, was all of us have different drain rates of our our love languages. And so even if you're not, for example, you're not a physical touch person right or you're not a high words of affirmation nope but if you don't get words of affirmation which Mm -hmm. is fairly rare because i'm constantly speaking at you with positive tones but if you don't get a consistent amount of positive feedback um you can tell that your love tank drains in that area yeah but the whole idea was he was saying the ones that are your primary languages drain a lot faster than your other languages. Right. So that to me made so much sense because I thought I do I do want words of affirmation. I do want encouragement and I do want touch, but they're not the primary ways that I experience 
uh, love. Right. So it that made a lot of sense to me. And also, we've come to realize that if you take care of the primary needs, the other needs that aren't quote-unquote as important come online a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also had a moment where uh, when he was talking, he was using the example of the teenager that comes home and is talking about youth group and what happened at school and this boy and this, you know, blah, blah. Um, I actually started tearing up because I started having all these memories. That was something my dad did really well when I lived with him is shut off the TV, give me eye contact and let me talk for however long I wanted to about whatever drama I was experiencing, you know, at youth group or at school or whatever. And he didn't rush me, didn't cut me off or anything like that. And he would, like, if I got really excited, he would get excited with me. He would cry with me. You know, he, he was really great at that. And I didn't really think about it until Danny was talking. And so I kind of had a moment where I teared up a bit, just like, Oh, my dad was really good at that. It's nice to be able to celebrate that about him. Yeah. I, it's hard to listen to that and not then evaluate yourself, especially if you've got kids. Yeah. But it was, it was funny because Obviously, Abigail is high quality time. Yeah. Like, all she wants to do is share her heart with you all of the time. Right. Which is amazing. Right. Tia has changed. She's very, very high physical touch now. She's yeah, she very is. low quality time. She was all over you at, during well, church was today. It was crazy so today. Cute, she didn't though. want to go to kids' church and she just wanted to. Sit she literally Danny. cuddled me for an hour. Mm hmm. And then just sat next to me mm-hmm. and laughed as Danny preached. I, I said to her tonight, I was like, because she said, Mommy, I haven't had a cuddle all day. So we laid in bed and had a little cuddle. And I said, well, I tried to get a cuddle at church today, but you wouldn't get off of Daddy's lap. And she goes, well, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. So I just decided to stay with Daddy. <laughs> I was like, okay, he probably could have used like the circulation of having you move somewhere else. But you're cute. True that. So cute. Final revelation, unless you've got one on, mm. on love languages. Mm-hmm. He was explaining gifts, mm-hmm. which has been an enigma to me. Not an enigma. Well, yeah, an enigma. But one of the things he was saying is it doesn't have to be an expensive gift. And I thought, he hasn't met you. Well, that's not true. It doesn't have to be an expensive gift as long as it says, I know you. So right. just a random gift, uh, whether expensive or not expensive doesn't meet the mark for a gifts love language. It has to be a gift that says, I know, I knew you well enough to think of this. Can you think of a gift I've bought you that hasn't been expensive that's told you, I know you? I I mean, probably not off the top of my head. I can't. That's right. Because all of the gifts that let you know that I know you tend to be fairly expensive, which isn't a criticism because anybody who looks at my Amazon wish list will see we both have fairly expensive tastes. Right. But I, I mean, like I've, uh, somebody's come back from the UK and just given me a bag of minstrels, but because minstrels is my favorite chocolate, that to me is a great gift where if somebody were just give me, um, well, no, I like dairy milk too. If somebody were to give me, I don't know m- what you like, like milk bottles, I would be like, Oh, huh. Thanks, but it doesn't hit anything for me because it doesn't say you know me. Right. Does that make sense? But it was funny too because he said about cash. He's like, don't give gifts people cash or gift cards. And I'm like, and I'm looking over at two other friends of mine who are also gift people. And they're like, no, give us gift cards. Like to me, if somebody gets me a Williams and Sonoma gift card that says, you know me and I get to go spend it on what I want. That's awesome. It's like a double, you know. 
not whammy, but you know what I mean. Double bonus. Yeah. If you want to hear us expound more on love languages, we actually recorded it episode 74. It's all about love languages. Again, go to alanadio.com <laughs> slash 74. I think it's really funny that we've recorded those. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, yeah. we've covered quite a bit of ground. Well, we've been talking a lot. I think what I loved, especially about having Danny, is one, getting to meet him. I don't think I'd met Danny before. Maybe I'd met him in passing at a conference when yeah. he was in Toronto, but I hadn't got any sit down time with him. I, I loved listening to his teaching. I yeah. thought he was an excellent communicator, but he's also a, a lovely person. Yeah, he's just a lovely man. And he's got a wealth of wisdom, especially about government. And I got to just throw a few questions at him and say, hey, I was wondering about this. I was thinking about this. And I, I really appreciated the insights and the, the wisdom that he gave. Yeah. But I think, especially for me, seeing as some of these messages, messages that we've carried for a long, long time. It's nice to hear somebody else championing things that are so close to my heart yeah. who has greater authority. Yeah. And makes I, you feel like less of a weirdo. It does. Well, I, <laughs> I tweeted out last night listening to Danny Silk makes me feel normal because there's times, especially when you're bringing new concepts to a new community, that the first pass is full of misunderstandings. So mm-hmm. you're saying X. N- no, no. Yeah, but you said Y. Yeah, but. And and I remember, I remember the first time I heard teaching on boundaries. I remember the first time I heard teaching on honor. I, it didn't make any sense because it was so countercultural. Right. So I think listening to a skilled practitioner of not only the topic, but the teaching, explain things that are super close to my heart and value to my community was just wonderful. And to watch people's reaction, be like, oh, this is amazing. I, I you know, we love this. This makes so much sense. So mm. that was a that was a kiss from God for me this weekend. Yeah, very cool. Saturday afternoon, Danny did question and answers. I loved what he did. He has an app and you can submit your questions via an app. And I was like, okay, we need that for question and answer yes, time. Yes, that is super clever. That and then you don't up. end up with all the strange questions oh, either. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We've had some... Doozies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so I love that. But before he did question answer, he talked about this distinction between being a powerful person and being a powerless person. Right. And unless you clarify those terms, they sound fairly obnoxious terms or, or very divisive terms. And th- to be sure, they're terms we use all the time. But I understand how if you don't understand what he's meaning by that. It's offensive. Yeah, it can be. It can be offensive. Yeah. So a powerful person is somebody who takes full responsibility for the quality of life that they're living. Yes. They understand that uh, they're in charge of their reaction, that the only person they can manage in life is themselves, and they're not looking to blame other people for the quality of relationships they're in. Right. Conversely, a powerless person is embraced a victim mindset, has no real grasp of their own sense of power. Yeah, they're outsourcing responsibility for their lives. Oh, all the time. Yeah. I thought, obviously, he explained that really, really well, but... I think for me, the pièce de résistance of the whole weekend was Saturday night when he talked about boundaries. Yeah, it was amazing. Because he came at it from an angle uh, or a lens looking at some of the passages in Scripture I had never considered as demonstrations of boundaries, and they were profound. Yeah, really, really good, yeah. So I'm going to switch over to my notes. I took a bunch of notes when I was teaching on, on, on boundaries. Mm-hmm. One of the things I thought was brilliant is he said, you know, there is no end to the problems of others that you may have a solution for. Mm-hmm. So you better find a way real fast to help maintain priorities in your life or actually you will be a victim of other people's demands. 
Right. Actually, let me quote what he said, because I, I paraphrased that, and it was way more powerful when he said it. He said, if you don't have boundaries, you're just the recipient of what other people want to take from you. Wow. Yeah. He's like, basically, you're subject to the whims of other people. Right. If you haven't learned to say no. Yeah. And so then he went through scripture, just breaking down examples um, of boundaries at work. So, for example, in Luke chapter 8, he read this passage in Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 42, where we know that Jesus has got this amazing healing ministry that every single person that he's prayed for has been healed. And there is a, a crowd of people who are wanting to touch Jesus, who are wanting a touch from him, who are wanting a healing. And somehow Jairus gets to the front of the queue and says, would you heal my daughter? And so the passage says that Jesus left to follow Jairus and the crowd were pressing in against him. Right. And Danny's point was for Jesus to say yes to going with Jairus, he had to say no to all the other people who were wanting something from him. Right. And I never considered that in the narrative. Right. So good. Yeah, it was, well, it backs up that whole thing that Jesus said, you know, the son can do nothing of himself, only what he sees his father doing. And so I just loved him unpacking that. And of course, along the way, this is where the woman with the issue of blood touches him and, and, and draws out the anointing from him. What about Jesus walking on the water? In the passage, uh, and I forget which which gospel he read from, he was saying that Jesus was going to pass them by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in distress. They're in distress. By, yeah. yeah, there are these thorough fishermen at work struggling with the wind and the waves, and he was just going to pass them by. Yeah. I know so many pastors that would be totally uh, distressed at the thought. Like if somebody's in distress, you need to jump in their boat with them and, and help and, them. And fix them. Yeah. You know, that actually made me think about the statement you just made a second ago about, you know, a powerless person, then you're just, how did you say it? You're just open to whatever somebody wants to take from you? Well, yeah, I'm quoting Danny. He said, if you don't have boundaries, you're just the recipient of what other people want to take. Right. So my thought was, if you don't have boundaries and you're the the parent in a household or the head of a household then actually your whole family are the recipients of anything anybody wants to take from your whole family. That's right. Your kids aren't safe. Right. You know, nobody's safe because it's it's all, somebody can come eat you for lunch. Right. Well, it's also, if I'm so busy saying yes to the needs of random people. Right. Then you're saying no to your own children. It comes at the expense of me being with my kids. Right. And I think one of the reasons we love our life and one of the reasons that we've, enjoy our jobs is we have a revelation of how much we're loved which empowers us to say no really really easily without squirming and without excuse yeah to actually be able to prioritize that which is most important to us yeah while still getting our job done yeah and yeah i I, i'm so grateful for the message of boundaries i think one of the greatest examples i'd heard which i'd never considered it was the healing of blind bartimaeus I, I loved the whole way he did that, the he, whole story. He said, uh, I'm going to ruin it, but he <laughs> said, Bartimaeus was so blind, his first name was Blind. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. But anyway, his point was, here's this blind man. We already know Jesus has got a 100% track record in healing blind eyes. And the blind man calls to Jesus and says, uh, son of David, do not pass me by. Yeah. And Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And Danny's point was, that the the Lord will not violate your boundaries. Your boundaries are where you end and other people begin. 
or where right. other people end and you begin. Right. And Jesus didn't automatically just jump across his boundary line and just say, oh, you want your sight. He said, what is it that you want? And I thought, oh, that's that explains so much mm. about walking with God mm-hmm. that you don't have because you don't ask. Right. Because, you know, I've heard people, in fact, I've had conversations with people who say, I I don't have the testimonies that you have. And I think some of it is people think that some of what the Lord has done for us over the years is just because God's this benevolent benefactor and somehow he's got favorites and we just happen to pull the spiritual lottery. So he sprinkles happy joy dust on us. <laughs> when actually the opposite is true, he's no respecter of persons. So yes. what he's done for one, he'll do for another but usually when I find people saying, I don't have testimonies like yours, is my first question is, have you asked for testimonies like those? Right. Like, have you asked for those experiences? And the second thing I ask is, have you built an expectation in your life for those experiences? Right. Because actually God's looking for open spaces to land on. Mm. And he's actually inquiring of you, what is it you want me to do for you? Which, you know, is a, is a radical concept. So thinking about boundaries from that side, I was like, God, I'm just getting this other download about your heart and your revelation i he he talked about the and he had some brilliant videos for these but he talked about well let me quote him because he again he said this thing he said you don't control the other side of a boundary yeah so he talked a little bit about what happens when you set a boundary and the reason that we're often reluctant to set a boundary is how the other person will react right and he just distilled our one hour teaching on <laughs> how to set boundaries into you actually can't control the other side of a boundary. So don't let that be the reason you don't set it. Right. Right. I thought it was interesting. He, he talked about how anger being angry is not a boundary. It's just an overreaction. Yeah. That was really good. Cause he said what most powerless people do is when they experience somebody who is violating one of their boundaries, taking them for granted, for example, or abusing them in some level of the relationship he said, we'll use anger to defend themselves. We'll just rage. Yeah. He said, the reason that's not helpful is once the anger subsides, the boundary vanishes. Right. And we usually go and say, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I think I overreacted. I shouldn't blah, blah, blah. And actually no boundary was ever put there. And so the person's learned to realize, oh, you didn't mean what you said. You just right. fleshed out. Right. So now I can come back and you've never set limits for me. So I can plunder your resources. Right. The last thing I want to add about the boundary thing was, he said, boundaries are something that keeps in your life what you want in your life, and equally something that keeps out of your life that which you don't want in your life. Right. And he used the example of the toddler and the dog, didn't he? Right. He said, yeah, you know, if you have a toddler, you're going to put up a fence to prevent your toddler walking out of your life and onto a road and and hitting it. Right. He said, but the benefit of that fence that you've put up doesn't just keep the toddler in, but it also keeps the neighbor's Rottweiler out. Right. And I thought, oh gosh, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. I think it's one of the things that I would encourage anybody, you know, in ministry or um, that knows that they're a high responder to uh, get our boundaries teaching and just sort of work through that. Because uh, when we used to travel, you know, we spent. Uh, eight years traveling full time, going to many, many churches, and um, saw a lot of pastors that uh, were trying to jump into everybody's boat because they thought that's what they had to do. 
because they were pastors or because they're responders or because this is what you do when you love people. Right. And they were paying the price. Their family was paying the price. They are exhausted. They don't want to be in ministry anymore. And a lot of that could be avoided with an understanding of um, boundaries. So, yeah, if that's you, I would encourage you to just check that out um, and, you know, download it or whatever and, and start to work that through with the Lord because I think it will be life to you. And if you'd like a sampler or you want more information about boundaries, shock, we recorded a podcast episode about boundaries. Of course we did. Yeah, go to alanandaj.com slash 25 to listen to that episode. Now, not only was Danny with us for the whole weekend for the conference, but he also stayed over, spoke on Sunday morning at Grace Center. Yeah. And I should note, we can't provide any links in the show notes to the uh, stream of the conference because we didn't record them. Yeah. But what we did do is we did record our Sunday services and I'll put links in the show notes so you can watch both oh, those great. messages. Oh, good, good, good. Both were incredible. AJ, talk about our the messages that Danny spoke on Sunday morning. Um, well, the first service he spoke on making uh, room for more of God in your life. And uh, it was excellent. It was just really good and really encouraging and uh, he was talking about, uh, I mean, he talked through um, David and Saul and, and basically what it looks like um, in the moment isn't necessarily what it's going to look like in the end if you'll just stay in the process. Right. He was he was encouraging. He, well, he spoke, I think, of Isaiah 54, wasn't it, about yes. single barren woman yeah. and then enlarge your tent. And he said, how cruel is it to tell somebody who wants children that doesn't have children to rejoice and not only that, but actually prepare their accommodation for more children. Right. And he said, but actually the kindness of God is that he's doing something now and preparing you for your future. Yeah. And the danger is that we disqualify our future by grumbling about our present. Right. Or we don't do what needs to be done today for tomorrow to look like how <sighs> God wants it to look. It, it was... So good. It was so full of richness and encouragement that I'm going to go download it and I'm, I'm going to listen to it again because yeah. it, I, I think there was some sauce on it for... For everyone, but especially for us, I'm just yeah. being selfish here thinking, I, I want to listen to it again. Yeah, it's really good. And his point was that we, he said, we don't determine what grows, we just determine whether we sow or not. Right. Because what you sow today is is storing up a dividend for what you're going to reap later in life. Right. And often there's limited correlation in our earthly view between what we're doing now and what we're going to do later. Mm-hmm. He was also talking about in the same message about how our dreams are too small. Yeah. And God is so good at having larger dreams for us. Yeah, it's really good. So are you willing to trade the dreams that you have now betting against the dreams that God has for you? It's funny. That was one of the things that I thought of. I can't remember. Sometimes Saturday um, when I was emceeing and I was, uh, I was just, you know, during worship and I felt like, I can't remember what song we were even singing, but basically it was talking about how God kind of blows you away with his goodness. And I remember thinking, gosh, like if I'm so glad I didn't end up with the best I could have imagined for my life when I was 20. Because it didn't include a hunky Scotsman. It didn't include a hunky Scotsman or Franklin, Tennessee or being in full-time ministry or podcast or, you know, any of the things that are such life to me that I love you know, it, the best I could hope for was like, oh, I'm just going to continue to be a professional photographer and maybe I'll have my own studio one day. Right. You know, and so I look back on that and I just think, God, I'm so glad that you're smarter than I am. 
And I'm so glad that you don't give up even when we give up. Right. And yeah. to all our friends who are professional photographers, AJ's not... Oh, goodness. No. I mean, <laughs> I th- I think yeah, you get it. But I mean, that wasn't what I was built for. This is. Right. You know, and I could have done that. Um, but this is what I'm I'm built for. And I think that's the genius of God is, you know, you're his kid and he doesn't want you to miss out on what he actually made you for even if you think this thing would be awesome he's he's always i mean like we would like like good parents you're gonna go yeah buddy i totally get it that a cookie's good but have you tried a molten lava cake you know right and until the child tries a molten lava cake well a cookie is a known thing that i can grip get my head around you know so i just I'm thankful that God is the way that he is and he doesn't give up on us. I would say if you're in a season of discouragement or if you're in a season of waiting for things to look like you're dreaming and they're really not, that you would do yourself great service by listening to Danny's message from the first service. It'd be so good. I'll I'll put a link in our show notes. And then the second service, he talked all about covenant relationships. He did. And it was awesome. It was so good. And a lot of the examples that he was using and stuff was um, from all the Bethel leadership because they've all been together over 35 years and, you know, how how they interact and whatever. But he was basically summarizing by saying, you know, covenant relationship is I would take a bullet for that person. Right. Or they would take a bullet for me. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you always agree but it just does mean that you're going to prioritize relationship. Well, it also, you know, brought the whole thing full circle back to prioritizing connection. Yeah. Like being in relationship doesn't mean you have to agree. It just means you choose me and I choose you. Right. And that that choice isn't based on agreement. Right. It's based on something different. Bill explains it like this, that it's a, a father has two sons and one son is a Republican and the other son is a Democrat. And when they get together as a family, they just bicker over politics, but actually they're not bond. They're not driven away because of their differing views or joined together because of whose children they are. Right. And I thought, Oh, I loved it. Anyway, a full weekend. So good. If you haven't heard Danny Silk, I'd really encourage you to pick up some of his resources. He's got some excellent books. One of my favorites is keep your love on. It's a book that's uh, required reading on our school. Uh, you would it would be a great place to start. His book Culture of Honor is also excellent. If you've got kids, his book Loving Your Kids on Purpose is excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, any of his resources, I'll put a sh- link in the show note. But if you go to lovingonpurpose.com, that is his website. That's his ministry, and uh, just a, a Tons great, of great teacher. material. Yeah, baby, are you ready for a listener's question? I believe I am. Well, I've got one right here from a Sarah. Hit me with it. All right. Sarah says this, I've learned so much through your teaching on leadership and walking under authority and have been in a season where God is now having me practice what I've learned. It's funny how that works, isn't it? My question is, how can you tell when you need to be obedient in walking underneath the leadership that you are currently under and when do you need to flee? For instance, I've had a mentor for many years that has recently made some decisions that have been a disappointment to me and disrupted the peace in my spirit. I want to proceed with this relationship in the right way, but many facets of trust have been broken and I don't see this mentorship continuing in a healthy way. How did you guys know when to stay underneath some of your leadership roles that have challenged you in the past and how did you know when to seek other leadership? Ah, amazing question, Such a great question. I guess my first answer would be um, 
talk to the Holy Spirit a lot about it. Um, because I've definitely had seasons where uh, I've been under leaders where I didn't agree with what they were doing or the decisions that we were making, but the Holy Spirit asked me to stay. And so I did. Um, and it was great and it was a learning process, but it was really super hard. And I've also had times where the Holy Spirit has just said, and you're free to move on. Right. Um, so my first thing would be, you want to talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Because the thing is, you don't really know what's going on with that other person. You don't know what's going on with the person that's mentoring you. And um, as, I don't know who says it, Bill Johnson, whoever, we're at our dumbest when we think we know the motives of another person's heart. So um, you don't know what's going on. But hopefully, if they're mentoring you, you have the kind of relationship where you could actually talk to them about you know, what is um, disturbing your heart and have a real conversation. Like, this is what I'm experiencing. Can you talk to me about what's going on here? I don't feel safe. I feel like trust has been broken. Yeah, I'd also encourage you to look for a wider response than just a binary state of stay or go. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I, I would suggest that is you've got years in this relationship, so it seems strange to me that your only two options are stay or go. So I would encourage you to sit down and say, can I share how I'm experiencing you? Or can yeah. I share how I'm experiencing some of your choices? Could you help me with this? And and doing that will actually open up a dialogue that may actually serve your heart well. The other thing I want to encourage you is it's, it's likely, and I'm certainly not cursing you here, but it's likely that most mentors in your life, most leaders in your life are going to make decisions that will in some way disappoint you because actually they're, generally speaking, not serving your vision, you're serving their vision. And, and sometimes we're fine following our leaders so long as they're leading us where we already want to go. And, and that's best case scenario. Let's go worst case scenario. Let's, let's say that they screw up, they make a failure or they're not performing at their best or their actions are betraying what you know their heart to be. All of that still has valuable lessons for you in it because God will use the weaknesses of others to refine the weaknesses in you. So God's actually more interested in our heart response to the mistakes of our leaders when he's talking to us than he is interested in talking to us about the mistakes that they've made. And the danger is that we confuse the anxiety in our heart as an indicator that we should correct our leaders rather than an indicator that the Lord wants to help us mature in our response to other people not succeeding. Right. So I, I would encourage you that uh, one of the key areas that you, you, you want to say, I'm, I'm leaving and I'm done, is when you veer into the area of spiritual abuse. And one of the healthiest ways that you can identify that is find other safe leaders to get their perspective on. Yeah. Because usually when you're the person in a difficult season, you're not the best uh, determinator of whether it's abuse or not. Right. Because yeah. either it isn't and you're like, they're spiritually abusing me and I'm leaving. Or it is and you're like, I just need to learn something more. I just need to die more. And both extremes aren't healthy. So right. finding other people that know you, that know them, and in a way that isn't uncovering, just say, hey, I need some help. Am I out to lunch on this? This is how I'm experiencing this. Is my reaction good or do I need a break? Yeah. And, and the only thing I would say to qualify that is just to make it really clear, because I think this is what you're saying, is... 
whoever that person is that you talk to, make sure that there's somebody that can be part of the solution. So it's not just randomly talking to a bunch of different people or randomly talking to people that aren't actually part of the solution. It's talking to somebody who could actually help bring resolution and who uh, knows you both. Right. There is, there is a wonderful thing about praying the prayer like, Lord, I am dying here. If that is the plan, give me the energy to die quietly. <laughs> right. If it's not, would you open a door and either let me leave or shove them out? And I've prayed those prayers and seen amazing response to both of those. Yeah, the leave or shove prayer. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, I want to remind you that the School of Supernatural Life, the applications are still open until June 15th. So you need to have gotten your application done by June 15th. And if you want to watch a video that explains about the school and, um, you know, just you know, what is the school? I've, I've heard all this stuff, but I don't know what it is. Go ahead and head over to alanandaj.com slash S-O-S-L. That's for School of Supernatural Life. And there's some testimonial videos up there that you can watch and get a really good idea about what the school is about. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a huge deal to us if you left a review on iTunes for us. The easiest way to do that is from the podcast app on your iPhone. Even if you're subscribed to us, just hit that little search button in the bottom right-hand corner, type in Keeping Up With The Joneses, and you'll be taken to a page on the iTunes podcast app. Tap reviews and leave a review and you're done. If if you're on a laptop or a desktop, just go to alanandaj.com slash review. And that will open up iTunes for you right at the page you need to be at. Click on ratings and reviews and then click write a review. We read every review that iTunes posts and it helps get the word out on iTunes that we're a podcast worth listening to. If you want the show notes for this episode, head on over to alanandaj.com slash 104. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.